Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. Hey, friends. I just actually recorded this whole message, this whole episode, whatever we want to call it. And it was like 28 minutes long. So I'm re-recording this for you because I value your time. I really try to make sure my solo episodes do not go beyond 20 minutes. So we are going to re-record how to measure the results of your sales funnel using analytics or other visual representation tools. And that was a lot of marketing mumble jumble. And there's going to be a little bit of that marketing mumble jumble and jargon in this episode. I promise I will define everything as best I can for you guys. I want this episode to be a resource and a tool. And it's going to be a little bit uh, not heavier. It's not like hard topics. It's just going to be a little more thinking based. And it's going to be a little more numbers based. And I'm doing this for you as a resource. So I'm going to preload my plea with you guys this time and say, if you found value after listening to this episode, do me a favor and share it with someone else who needs to know. I'm going to be talking about knowing your numbers and why that's important. And I think we've all been in a mastermind or a Facebook group with someone who clearly does not know their numbers. So if you think that they could find benefit and value from this, just do me a solid and share it. That said, let's talk first about what a sales funnel is. A sales funnel is typically used to measure a client's buying process or a customer journey. So that is the journey from them discovering your brand to them making a purchase whether that purchase is buying a pair of shoes online or hiring you for a very high dollar service. That is the definition of the sales funnel. It's really just marketing fancy speak. It basically means connecting the dots between when they heard about you to when they considered you to when they hired you. And a sales funnel is going to have stages where you can, quote, build a relationship with the customer, end quote. And I am sarcastically saying quotes because I think a lot of people get that part wrong. Building a relationship does not mean you spewing information with your potential client. It means taking the time to build that know, like, and trust factor up so they actually feel great about working with you or buying from you. The length of your sales funnel is going to be dependent on what kind of product or service you are offering, and it might also depend on what industry you're in. I think we can safely assume that $27 products typically require a shorter sales cycle than $5,000 products. It's like common sense, right? (laughs) So with that said, a customer's goal or a client's goal at each stage is to move on to the next stage until they eventually convert. However, fewer and fewer people will move on to that next stump. And that is why we use the visual of a funnel. I think we've all seen a kitchen funnel. If you despise cooking and your whole family also despises cooking and you've never seen one, then you can visualize a toilet bowl because I am sure we've all seen one of those. It starts wide at the top and eventually narrows down because you are not marketing to everybody. If you are marketing to everyone, you're probably not helping anyone. So you start wide at the top and the next, like, you know, layer down, if you want to call it, people are like, "Eh, I'm not loving this, I'm out. And the next layer down, a few more people say that. And the next layer down, a few more people say that. Because when you get to that narrow part at the bottom, those are your people. Those are your best clients. And there aren't nearly as many of them as there are people searching for the general broadness of your service in the world. 
it's okay. That's how it's supposed to be. We want to be able to help the people that we're truly aligned with. All of that said, defining your sales funnel will help you better understand what you should be doing at each stage in order to give your clients what they're looking for so you lose fewer people along the way. Yes, we want to only help a few people comparatively, but if you could help a few plus a few and still do a great job, there's nothing wrong with that. So let's try not to lose people unnecessarily along the way. And that's why defining the different stages of our funnels helps us do that. It helps us measure it. It helps us uh, optimize it and it helps us help more people. So marketing funnel like metrics, they can help you manage the time that you put into all this and the resources you're using to help those people in a more efficient way. So before we get into concrete examples, and there will definitely be some concrete examples here, I need to answer a couple frequently asked questions about sales funnel analysis. So sales funnel analysis is going to help us identify three things. One, where users drop off. Two, when is the best time to optimize for conversions or purchases or hiring? And three, knowing what kind of content or offers should be placed in specific areas. Before I answer the next like frequently asked question here, I just want to acknowledge some businesses are incredibly so simple, like they have one offer. Other businesses have, you know, an entry-level offer, a mid-level one, and kind of a high, high-touch offer. And most businesses have some combination of those two. And then there's businesses that have like 200 offers. I am not probably going to be referencing much of that in this particular episode because those aren't my people. I want you to think of someone who has a kind of simplistic business for for ease of examples here. Maybe someone has a lead magnet and an entry-level and a mid-level and a high-touch offer. So moving on, that's where our examples are going to be coming from. So let's talk about a little bit here. What is sales funnel analysis? It is you taking the time to work out which part of your sales funnel needs improvement in order to get more clients making a purchase. And this guide, this whole episode or article is going to answer a bunch of different aspects of that so we can track and analyze a sales funnel. So which sales funnel metrics should you be using? Most people are going to say conversion rate. I don't think it's the be all end all. Sometimes it's not the thing that's the the bottleneck or the holdup in your world. But the conversion rate is often said to be the most important metric to look at when it comes to analysis. And for sake of this, we're going to talk about a whole funnel's conversion rate, i.e. how many people bought your offer divided by how many people hit your website as a whole. And then if you want to get that to a percentage, you just multiply it by 100. So in a sales page example, if 100 people hit your sales page and 5% buy, you have a 5% conversion rate. And then we're also going to talk about churn rate. That's measuring the rate at which users stop paying for revolving services like memberships, for example. The next question I get usually is, what is a good conversion rate? What's a good sales funnel conversion rate? The numbers are going to vary, again, depending on your industry, depending on what kind of funnel. But most people are going to say anything above 2% is a good sales funnel conversion rate. When we're talking about that, we're talking about the whole funnel, right? We're going to talk about like your your landing page and you're going to talk about your destination page. Destination page being where their purchase confirmation is. If we're talking about Google Analytics, for example, that destination page is where you're going to enter the URL and like the goals detail box. When we're talking about all of these things, 
I like to remind everyone that each step of the funnel will have its own conversion rate. So if you have a sales page and then an order form page and then an upsell page and then a, a confirmation page, you're measuring three different conversion rates, but then you're also measuring the overall conversion rate for the whole funnel. So when I say that 2% is a good funnel conversion rate, that's the overall funnel rate. And again, that's broadly generalized across all industries. When we're talking about optimizing a sales funnel, that broadly generalized you know, industry standard rate may or may not be anything related to what you are trying to do. My favorite example of that is email open rates, which have their own inherent problems. But if 20% is the industry standard and you're getting a 23% open rate over the last month, you're probably going to be like, heck yeah, I improved that. But if you used to be getting a 30% open rate, is that improvement? I don't think so. So you want to know your own numbers. To do that, you need to be measuring consistently. And we'll be talking about that in a little bit as well. I would be remiss if I did not mention Google Analytics. It is the standard analytics tool. There are others uh, out there. Some of them require payments, some of them do not. Google Analytics is technically free, but keep in mind, you are the product when you're not paying any money for the product. So, you know, you may have privacy concerns. You may have reasons you don't want to be using it. I personally am comfortable with it. And one of the reasons I'm comfortable with it is because I've learned how to use it. It's very data rich and it can be really hard to find the information you're looking for without extensive research. I learned a lot about that from Jennifer Grab of Measure and Maximize and the Nimble Co. She is really good at breaking that kind of stuff down and easy to digest pieces. And that's where I learned how to build dashboards. It's where I learned how to analyze Google, Google Analytics. But everything I say about analytics in this particular content piece can be done with other analytic programs as well, just as a heads up. All right, let's now talk about how to visualize the sales funnels for your website. When we're talking about that, I don't actually want you to look at analytics at all. I want you to first brainstorm what you want your people to do. Let's say you want to move people from TikTok to downloading your lead magnet or your free gift. We are looking at using your content directing them to a landing page, and then landing page, they opt in to a confirmation page. That's what you want people to do. You want people to opt in your gift. So we really only need to know one thing. What percentage of people who hit your landing page actually opted in? You might want to look at a second thing. What percentage of people who looked at that content actually went to the landing page? That would be a second thing to look at. You could probably, I'm just guessing here because I've not actually paid attention lately, but you could probably look at you know, 20 different pieces of data in Google Analytics to get the information. The key is knowing how to, but also why. Why look through 20 different things when you could just look at a dashboard that says this converted at this percent? That's why we want to brainstorm. What is the question we are asking? What do we actually want to get out of this? We can visualize a sales funnel using tools like Google Data Studio. It connects nicely with Google Analytics and it gives you a visual way to represent that. If I am thinking about a launch, you know, launch of a program, I want to know what my funnel is converting at, and I want to know which content is doing the best job at directing those conversions. That's just two things. My dashboard doesn't need to have 17 pieces of data on it. It really only needs two. So we want to use our brainstorming to decide how to visualize the data. Other examples here, how many people who downloaded my lead magnet went on to register for my webinar? When I actually built a dashboard to do that, I had to create a spreadsheet that was highly complicated and honestly quite annoying in Google Sheets. But when I got to the dashboard part, I just had two numbers. 
how many people downloaded the league magnet. And then over a period, I think of like 60 days, how many people went on to register for the webinar after an email sequence. That's all I needed to know. That information gave me the decision to whether that lead magnet was actually working for my business or not. Here's another example. How many people who clicked on my Facebook ad bought my slow or my self-liquidating offer? Again, there's lots of things we can measure in between, but really all we need is those two numbers. Less is more when it comes to visual reporting. Okay, now that we know how to look up the information and we know how to visualize it or hire someone to visualize it for us, right? What are we doing with that? Having information is great, but if you're not going to do anything with it, don't invest the money in doing all of this. So let's talk about turning insights into action with sales funnels in Google Analytics and Google Data Studio. You can experiment with how to fix the choke point or the bottleneck in your sales funnel. So to do that, you just need to have a specific process for each stage of the buyer's journey. And you can have funnel reports. They become really invaluable tools for figuring out when people drop off on your website and why. When we're talking about that, we need to talk about the ongoing conversion funnel optimization process. And holy crap, that was word salad. Okay, conversion, we talked about that. How many people saw the offer versus bought it? Optimization is testing and tweaking over time, one thing at a time. And then we already know what a funnel is. Okay, hopefully that word salad didn't scare you there. <laughs> the key here is all of marketing is a test. So test simply and test often. On a you know longer sales page, you're going to have you know a headline, an announcement of the problem, digging into pain points, offering a solution, then announcing the product and saying, hey, this is the solution, maybe some FAQs, a disclaimer, and then a call to action. I probably just listed 10 things. If I went and changed five of them all at one time, we would never know which one was the problem. And if we don't know which one's the problem, we don't know how to not make that same problem happen in, in the future. What if that problem was being used in all of your social media content as well, right? So we want to test one thing at a time. And yeah, that's going to take time. This is not something you can do in a day. And that's why you are constantly going to be optimizing your sales funnel, i.e. your website, your sales pages, your everything, right? Because you are constantly optimizing it, you are constantly measuring it as well. You want to keep it simple and easy. You guys know I'm a data fiend and I will happily pour through all the numbers, but we just want to know what your KPIs or key performance indicators are. We just want to know which things to focus on. And that again is marketing mumble jumble. It is jargon. Key performance indicator. Let's break that down. What key numbers can I look at to indicate how this funnel is performing for my business? So for a slow or a self-liquidating offer, for one of those funnels, the KPIs I pay attention to are how many people hit the main sales page, how many people made it to the order form, i.e. took action, and then how many people purchased. If I also offered a bump or an upsell offer in that funnel, I would want to see you know which percentage of people were doing that as well. So if 1% to 3% of people purchased the main offer, I would consider it a valid offer. However, if I were running ads to it, I would aim for 10%. Otherwise, it wouldn't be profitable and it might not even liquidate. I would probably want 25% people ordering the order bump and 10 to 12 purchasing the upsell offer. If I was running ads, I want to see a click-through rate of 1.5 to 2% telling me that the ad was working. If I was running an evergreen webinar funnel, I want to see 25% of people registering for the webinar. And those are just a couple different kinds of funnels, you guys. 
it's easiest to see these numbers, again, not on a spreadsheet and not by having to look up the numbers in like your sales to cart tool and Stripe and your email provider, but seeing them at a glance. Number salad and word salad are not fun. And that's why we make things nice and easy and visual. And this is actually why I got into building dashboards in the first place. I wanted an easy way to see how my slow was doing without, you know, inducing a headache every single time. It's easier to see the bigger picture of a profitable sales funnel and all that, you know, conversion rate tracking and revenue tracking in a dashboard format. So, you know, here's another example. If you're running a membership, you would want to measure churn or how often people are leaving that membership. Are they leaving at a certain time of year, like August and September? If so, maybe you can provide better, more targeted value for support around the beginning of the school year. Or if you see most people dropping off after four months of being in the membership, you know that you need to write an engagement campaign or offer further portions of support at that point so they don't feel like they've gotten all the benefits that they're going to get out of the membership. These are some common funnel mistakes. And it's, it's a running joke amongst my crowd that when a launch doesn't perform well, you blame the ads manager. And if there's not one of those, blame the copywriter. But the reality is the biggest mistake is not knowing your numbers. There are so many moving parts to a launch and sales funnels are a big chunk of that, but they're not all of it. First, was the offer even validated? Was it sold, sold organically first? Not knowing your numbers can result in a huge problem. Let's look at a slow for some funnel, like Slow funnels, I see the most problems in. Let's say a woman named Jane has a slow and it's priced at $37. There's an offer uh, for the bump. There's an upsell. And she's got 2,000 Instagram followers and 500 people on her mailing list. So she thinks she's got an audience of 2,500. If we're assuming a 5% sales rate, meaning five out of every 100 people who see the main offer will buy it, and that's a pretty good rate. You guys heard anything more than 2% is pretty good. Uh, Jane probably thinks, oh, I've got 2,500 people and, uh, you know, 5%. Ooh, I am going to sell this to 125 people. But that's probably not going to happen because for Jane to sell that many, she would need 2,000 people to land on her sales page. And let's say only 20% of her email subscribers saw the email about it, but only 1% of them actually clicked on the links. That means only five people landed on her sales page. And let's say only 6% of her Instagram followers saw her post about it or 120 people and only 2% of them clicked on the bio link. So that's only three people that landed on our sales page. We can conclude that her audience isn't large enough for even one sale of the offer. I mean, she might have warmer leads that were predisposed to buy, but based on the numbers, not even one sale. And if she was expecting 125, uh, let's just say she'd be very, very disappointed. Knowing your numbers means that you know She needs to invest in better traffic, get more eyes on that sales page so she can sell more of them. So let's say she goes ahead and spends $1,000 a month on ads and she's got like a $2 per view ad rate. I mean, she's now gaining 500 views per month on her sales page. She's still not going to sell, you know, 125 units. She'll probably, you know, pick up around 25 of them or so, but she'll at least have a profit. She'll profit around $150. But let's say that she goes up to $3 of you for for ads. Now she'd be losing $230. That said, if her main offer started selling better at more than 5%, maybe she invested in better copywriting for an area of the sales page that wasn't doing well. Let's say she doubled it and she starts hitting 10% sales. Now she's going to be profiting $539. Those numbers are real world numbers. 
You just need to know which area to upgrade. You can use heat map analysis. It's one of the most common methods to see where on a sales page people are pausing or clicking away. A lot of tools are available for this, like Hotjar or Plurty. But if you don't know which area of the sales funnel isn't performing, i.e. the main sales page offer, you won't know how to fix it. So knowing your conversion rate numbers not only sets you up with better expectations up front, but it also helps you see what the chokehold in the funnel is. So a few final tips for improving your sales funnel performance. Again, having all these numbers at your fingertips is key. I hate having to log into five different things just to figure out some basic information. I like getting it all aggregated into a dashboard. You guys know I love a content measurement dashboard because I despise having to spend so much time looking up information. I like having it all in front of me. I feel the same way about sales funnel dashboards and about launch dashboards. I like to know which email resulted in the most follow-up sales, which offer had the best conversion rate, which social media platform led to the most sales funnel clicks or views. These are all questions that we can visually answer on a single dashboard. Simplicity is key when we're talking about visual data representation. And if you know that this is something that you want, if you'd like a sales or launch dashboard to simplify your next program release or course release, please reach out. Obviously, I learned how to do this to help my own business. I cannot tell you the benefits that I have uh, accrued as a result of it. It actually ended up being something I was able to move into content measurement and dashboards, which no one actually taught me how to do. I had to figure it out on my own because I was like, if I can get this information out of a sales funnel, surely I can get it out of my content, right? But knowing how to do this gives you confidence in your offers. Knowing how to do this helps you decide whether you're going to invest in a funnel at all. All of this depends on knowing your numbers, on understanding how sales funnels work, and understanding your buying journey, on having good validated offers. All of these things help you become a better business person and ultimately make sure that your business is supporting your life. My goal is to make sure that your business is not a stress basket in your life. And being confident in the offers that you're putting out there and being confident in your launch assets starts with knowing your numbers and being able to easily find them so it's not something that you avoid. I understand procrastination. We've all been there. We've all done it, right? But when you have an easier way to get this information, you don't need to avoid it. With that said, I hope you guys have a great week. Next week, we're actually going to be talking about when content is unhealthy and what to do about it. I'm actually really excited about the topic. And then in two weeks, we're hitting episode number 200. I cannot wait to share that one with you guys. See you next week. 